0: 2 Timothy chapter 4 tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm preaching a challenge to Chris, but you know what? Tonight I'm going to preach a challenge to me and a challenge to you and a challenge to Chris. We're going to talk about the preaching of the Word tonight. And you may not be called to preach. You may never be ordained as a preacher. But do you realize that you have a responsibility before the Lord Jesus Christ to preach the Word? You have a responsibility to preach the word to people that uh, Chris will never get the opportunity to preach to, and I will never get the opportunity to preach to, him, but you have that opportunity. And in so many places and in so many ways, the only missionary anybody's ever going to hear from is you. Now the problem for us in this day and age is that the preaching of the word has come into a disrepute for a whole bunch of reasons. It's, uh, <clears throat> people don't want to hear it. It's Um, negated, it's of no value, it's something that's just kicked to one side uh, and people don't want to hear. And the problem is how the world responds to our message impacts us. And you know what? There was a time when you were much bolder about the Word than you are now. There was a time when you would actually take the Word and you would declare it uh, and we back off on it. And as of preparing for tonight, you know, we back off to our detriment and to the, <clears throat> the detriment of the world we live in. Because our world needs to hear truth declared boldly. And it needs you and I to declare it. The world doesn't have a message. The world really doesn't know where it's going. The world is in absolute confusing, confusion, terrifying confusion. But confusion nonetheless. It doesn't know where it's going, it doesn't know what it's doing, and it needs somebody who knows truth to actually take and declare that truth. You know, it's very interesting to me that Jesus said to the disciples, who were they? They were a bunch of uh, all kinds of people from different walks of life that really didn't have much to recommend them, but Jesus said to them, ye are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Do you realize the light of is in this room? Now, I'm not making us the only church. I know there are other people out there <clears throat> that are preaching the gospel. Do you realize that the light of, of tala is yeah. in this church? That, that, that's, that's amazing to me. And oftentimes what we do is we relegate ourselves to the place where it's not that important. What would we have to say? You know, we don't have any letters after our names. We're, we're not important people. And we forget that, no, 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 Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. Now, do, do, do you know that <clears throat> truth comes from here? Any truth that doesn't line up with this truth is not truth. Any truth that doesn't line up with this truth is not truth. And you know you know that. You see, if you've been around for any length of time, you've tested that. You've put it to the test and you've proven it to be truth. This is truth. And if we don't take this truth and tell the world what God has to say, the world goes its merry way to hell without anything to stop it. And we need to be a people that actually declare the truth. Look at our verses, Second Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read the first four verses. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. You know, Paul is uh, charging them before the Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to judge them. Do you know that's true of us, too? I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ loves us, and <clears throat> when we meet Him, we are going to be in raptures. Uh, but do you know that this, we're, right now we're supposed to be serving Him, we're supposed to be living for Him, and well, one of the things we're supposed to be doing is preaching the truth. And in fact, it's kind of hard to find something more important in your life that you're supposed to be doing than preaching the cru- truth and declaring truth. And I'll submit to you, it's getting harder. It's getting more difficult. It's coming to the place where, you know what, you want to just kind of keep your mouth shut because the response is not so good. It never was great, but it's definitely not good now. And it's easy for us to to draw back on it and not to say anything. And Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, listen, before Jesus Christ, I'm charging you. Listen, you need to do this, Timothy. You need to do this. Uh, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke. Exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Father, would you bless your word to us? Lord, would you open our hearts? Blessed Spirit, would you move in our hearts? And would you bring us to convincement of the need for the preaching of the word? Lord, would you bless Chris? Would you give him a mighty ministry in the preaching of the word? Lord, would you bless each preacher that's here, Lord? Strengthen us, encourage us, lift us up that we might faithfully and fearlessly preach the word. And Lord, for each one that's here, Lord, that's your child. Oh, Lord, may it be that we see ourselves as preachers of truth as well. And Lord, may it be uh, that we take that ministry and deliver on it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, first it says preach. Now, preaching... is the, the bold declaration of truth with authority. It's different. Sometimes we'll have a, Wednesday night, we'll have a, we'll have a teaching class, right? we'll go back and forth, and we'll talk back and forth, and so on. And really, there's not a whole lot of preaching effectively involved in that. That's, that's different. It's valid. It's a valid teaching tool. Uh, but when it comes to preaching, the preaching is the bold declaration of truth. Preaching is when you're not given your idea of how things should be. Preaching is when you actually declare God's truth to your generation, and it, it, it desperately needs to be done. Now, one of the problems in our age is that preaching has become even more foolish. It's always been foolish, but it's become even more foolish, and part of the reason is this. You know, we have all this social media where we glean information, and we glean a little bit of truth here, a little bit of truth there. We glean all kinds of things from social media, and you see, everybody on social media has an equal voice. Somebody said recently that the, the gray head and the teenager uh, all are equal on Twitter. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, it's changed. And there's no authority involved in, in that. But when it comes to the Word of God and to the preaching of the Word of God, there's an authority involved in it. There's a, thus saith the Lord. There's something that God has used through the generations, Old Testament and New Testament, in having truth declared in a way that it actually connects with people. And that touches their heart and that moves them to do what God would have them to do. The preaching of the word is different from teaching. It's different from what we see. But the problem for us is this, it's foolishness. You know, you get up in the workplace tomorrow and you start telling them, you know, thus will set the Lord. Jesus died for your sins and if you don't receive him, you'll never go to heaven. And you know what? They laugh for all kinds of reasons. They'll reject it for all kinds of reasons because, you know what, they don't see it. But you know what? We need to understand that the preaching of the word is God's ordained method for reaching people. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, For uh, seeing that in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom knew not God, it was God's good pleasure through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know, if you got saved tonight, if you're saved, you're born again. I guarantee you, somewhere in the mix of your salvation, there was a preacher. It may have been a preacher in a church. It may have been a preacher who was a friend. But there was a preacher. There was somebody who was preaching truth. Because you know what? That's God's ordained means for getting truth across to us. Somebody was declaring truth with authority and without compromise. Sometimes we feel foolish preaching, but don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let the world push you back so that you don't keep preaching. Don't let the world push you back so that you stop actually uh, giving out the truth. You just preach. God will take care of the results. And you know what? If we don't preach, there's no result. And you say, hang on a minute, Pastor. That's the truth. How could you have gotten saved if somebody hadn't explained the gospel to you? You couldn't. Somebody had to be the preacher in your life. That's the only way uh, for you to be saved, right? <clears throat> Let me say this, I'll say it to Chris and I'll say it to all of you, don't seek, seek sympathy or applause from preaching. You know what, the people you declare the gospel to are universally unlikely to say to you, oh, thank you so much for that nice message. Isn't that the truth? Think about it yourself, is that what, you, what your response to the gospel was at first? Did you immediately say, oh, wonderful, thank you. thank you for declaring that truth to me? No, you know what, that's the offense of the gospel. Right? And you know what? After the offense of the gospel, guys, after the offense of the gospel comes the truth that connects in our souls. But there's always going to be the offense of the gospel. And you've got to be ready for that when you preach. Chris has got to be ready for that when he preaches. I've got to be ready for that when I preach. You've got to be ready for that when you preach there's going to be the offense of the gospel. There's going to be the reality that the gospel uh, actually does. So don't, don't look for sympathy. Don't look for people to think you're nice. Don't look for applause from the preaching of truth. Remember going to ordain Christal to the uh, gospel ministries? Now, he's been doing it for several years, so you know uh, his life's not going to change uh, dramatically overnight as far as that's concerned. But really, uh, we're, 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 we're ordaining him to do something that's going to get him in a heap of trouble. Sorry, Chris, but that's the reality. It's going to get you in a heap of trouble but, because you know what? The the world does not want to hear the gospel. Now, you know what though? Being in trouble is good for us. Right? The Bible says that all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. And in a sense, you know, there's not a reaction to us and to our message, are we actually delivering the message in an effective way? If we can coast along and the world sympathizes with us and the world applauds us, Are we delivering the message in the way it should be delivered? You know, that kind of ministry will never have power with God. That kind of a life will never have power with God. You need to preach the gospel in a way that's going to upset people. But you know what happens when you preach the gospel and people get upset? Sometimes they get saved. How do I know that? Because I did. (laughs) And you did. Sometimes they get saved, but they never get saved. Without the offense of the gospel, and here's what we do: we protect our little sensibilities and don't say anything in case somebody could get upset, might get upset with us, uh, in an effort to protect ourselves, and we miss delivering the message. Preach it. Preach the message and leave it in God's hands. Uh, <clears throat> what He does with it. Then number two, preach the word. You know. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> There's always been a tendency to accommodate the word to the theory of our day. There's always been a tendency. Good men have done it uh, over the years. Uh, In the 1800s, we had Darwin come out with his theory. And to to the man's credit, he knew it was only a theory. Uh, He brought out a theory of evolution. uh, And the, the, the world went with it and science went with it and decided that it was science and it was the way things happened. And you know what happened to the church? The church got all shook up. The church got all shook up and the church started wondering, well, how do we accommodate this truth? And they started pressing the truth of evolution into Scripture. Good men, good men tried to press the truth of evolution uh, into Scripture and it didn't need to be pressed into Scripture at all because it was wrong and Scripture was right and Scripture was true. Do you know we have a similar effort on our hands today? We have the LGBT movement trying to press a new agenda into Scripture and it won't fit. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And you know what? 99.9% of our culture and our society may say something is right and we're wrong. That doesn't matter. Truth is truth, and we need to recognize truth is truth, and we need to stand on the truth that is truth. And we need to understand that there's no budging on this thing. There's no being swept away. There's no accommodating it. Will churches accommodate it? Yeah, they will. Will it, will it divide between churches? It definitely will. But understand that the word of God says it's wrong and therefore it's wrong no matter what the world says and no matter what it costs us ultimately. We have a duty to our generation to declare truth. Now, we need to declare truth uh, in love always, but understand that you can't be swayed with the world and there's no way that we can fit uh, <clears throat> the world's uh, latest ideas into, in, into Scripture. You know, one of the things that's refreshing about this whole thing is it just makes you realize how off the world is, how unreasoned, unthinking, and lacking truth the word is. But you know what? I have truth. I have truth that's an anchor to my soul. So do you. And preach it to your generation. You're the preacher. You're the one that's going to actually declare that truth to your generation. Um. Don't, don't shift, don't move. <clears throat> you have power in the Word of God. You know, somebody came to C.H. Spurgeon during his day, and it would have been the 1800s, late 1800s, uh, during the downgrade crisis, and there was, there, was, there was an effort to, and really evolution had started the whole thing, but there was an, an effort to actually, uh, you know, take Scripture and make it reasonable. Now, when you take Scripture and make it reasonable, the only way you can do this is you remove all the miracles, you remove all the supernatural, and when you've done that, you're left with some nice literature, but that's all. And, you know, and they were fighting against it. And, and, and somebody came to Spurgeon and they were, they, they were really upset about it. And, and, and the question was, how are we going to defend the word of God? And C.H. Spurgeon said this. He said, we don't need to defend the word of God. He said, the word of God is a lion. Just let it loose. It'll defend itself. And we need to understand. We just need to preach the word. Chris, you need to preach the word. The pressure is going to be on you all your ministry to compromise, to sacrifice, and to preach something else other than the Word of God. Don't do it. Preach the Word of God. Read it. Study it. Trust it. Act on it. And preach it. Declare it. You're not responsible for what people do with it. You're responsible to Him for faithfully preaching it. Just preach it and let uh, God work out what happens with it. Now, uh, our passage also tells us that we're to preach it in season and out of season. Well, let me tell you what you already knew. The Word of God is out of season at the moment. It is not in season at all at the moment. You know, there's not people clamoring at the door to come in here uh, to hear the Word of God. Uh, And when you talk to people about the Bible, they look at you, you know, if, if they're kind... They look at you with that supercilious smile and they say, oh, you poor thing, do you really believe that stuff? That, 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 that's what, what they're looking at right now, that's what they're seeing. The Word of God's out of, out of season. The Word of God, it's out of season politically. You know what, <clears throat> to align yourself with the Word of God in Ireland would be political suicide, is that fair to say? To say that you were a Bible believer and you were standing up, that would be political suicide. It is definitely out of uh, season politically. It's out of season with psychology. You know, uh, religion, the word of God is all part of the repression that has ruined society and psychology is doing its best now, and psychiatry doing its best uh, to take away all that and to set people free. And my, what a mess we're in uh, because of that. But they don't see it. They don't see it, and they don't understand it. They don't understand uh, what's happened as far as the Word of God is concerned. Uh, Science clearly does not think uh, that the Word of God has anything to say to us in this day and age. Uh, It is the enemy of science, and that's kind of uh, really concerning as far as science is concerned, because if science has taken the Word of God, which is the basis of all truth, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you know what's going to happen? Science has gone off base. It's gone off base, and it's going to go in all kinds of directions. in our culture... It is not. It is not in season in our culture. Our culture is so far from any strong mooring of anything that when you come to the Word of God, they look at you and they think, that's ridiculous. It doesn't even bear thinking about as far as they're concerned. So it's out of season, but preach it anyway. Preaching, let, me, let, let me read you Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you know this book is a living book? That this book has got life in it and that when you preach the truth of this book, it has life all of its own. The gospel, the story of how Jesus died to pay the price for our sins, was buried and rose again, has power in it. The word Paul uses there is dynamite. It is God's dynamite for changing lives. The gospel is God's dynamite for changing lives. You know what? It may not be politically correct. But you know, even if somebody doesn't agree with the power of dynamite, and you throw dynamite, you know what? And it explodes, it still does what it's going to do. And we need to understand that when it comes to the word of God, that if we throw, uh, if we preach the word of God, God's going to do something with it. You see, this word teaches you about the only Savior. There's no other Savior. The Muslims don't have a Savior. The Hindus don't have a Savior. There's only one Savior. There's only one Son of God and there's only one Savior. This word teaches about it. This word teaches about the only salvation. There is no other salvation apart from the salvation this word talks about. There's no other salvation. This, this word teaches the only truth. You know what? If Any truth that denies this truth is not truth. All truth that's real truth is going to line up with this truth. You know, this, this, this word teaches you the only place where you can find peace. Our world doesn't have peace and it won't have peace. But there's peace in here for you and I. And there's peace for all who will hear it. There's peace in the word of God. There's peace in the Son of God. He's the Son of Peace. And there's peace here. <clears throat> but this word teaches it and it's to be found nowhere else. It's out of season right now. Don't worry about it. Preach it anyway. Preach it anyway. <clears throat> and then... Preach it because the time is running out. For the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You know, time is running out. There are people dying every day. Dying heedless to the word of God. Do you ever wonder what happens to those people who have all their lives denied the reality of a God that judges? What happens in the moment when they pass out of this life? and they see him. The reality they've lived all their lives is made nothing. And real reality, if that's a good term, steps in because they have to now face that God. And they're dying every day. We need to preach the word. People are dying. We need to preach the word because they're growing harder. You know, <clears throat> used to be that Ireland was uh, a catholic country and you know you, you would preach and people would be caught in their catholicism and uh, you would have to teach them what catholicism taught and then show them why it was wrong and um, you, know, you 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 would have to actually take them take them through it now they're not catholic the people you're talking to and they really don't care about religion and they don't care about god and you know when catholicism shifted and changed we all thought hey this is an opportunity it didn't become an opportunity they just got harder All's right. You know what? They're growing harder. at the time come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Even in Christianity, there's a new kind of Christianity that says, you know, Christianity is all about having fun. Christianity is all about you and having fun. The cross is out of fashion in this kind of Christianity. Uh, there's a new positive Christianity that doesn't allow for negative things like reproof and rebuke. If you're going to go to church, you want someone to tickle your ears and encourage you and make you feel good and doesn't allow for things like reproof and rebuke. But you know what? You take the Word of God and you teach through the Word of God and there's reproof and there's rebuke in the Word of God. It'll tell you where you're wrong. And, it, and it, listen, it, it won't, won't draw back for your feelings. It'll, it'll nail you to the wall. And we need that. And our world needs that. And we need to, Christianity needs that. We need to preach truth, even though uh, time is running out. Preach it while there's still time. And then I want to close with this, right? <clears throat> you will win. Now, that's kind of hard to take on board in the day that we're in. You know, it's hard for Chris to look at his ministry. It's hard for me to look, I, it's hard for me to look at my grandchildren and look at them going into ministry and think, what kind of a world are they going into? You know, as crazy as it is today, and it's definitely hard for us to think that if we preach the word of God, we will win, but we will win. You see, the battle was won on Calvary, and we're following in the wake of the truth that was established on Calvary. Now, it doesn't feel like we're winning. If we were to describe winning, we'd describe, you know, uh, churches and a movement that, that, that's growing and going gangbusters. We would think, you know, we should be reaching most of the world. We would think, you know, it should be looking a whole lot better than it is. But, you know, the truth is <clears throat> that because Jesus Christ won the victory, we will win the victory. Chris, you preach the truth, and one day you will stand before Jesus Christ, and he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. See, the Apostle Paul, look, look down the chapter here, uh, in, in chapter 4, down, down down, towards the end of, the, of this chapter here, right? Sorry, sorry not, um, verse 7, just down to verse 7, right? Paul says in verse 6 that he's now ready to be offered, which meant he was ready to die uh, for the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that day and not to me only but unto all now uh, but unto all them that also that love his appearing. Does that sound like victory or failure? Sounds like victory, doesn't it? Sounds like Paul thinks he'd won. Paul's in a Roman prison and he's about to die for his faith but he believes he's won. Why does he believe he's won? Because he knows he's going to step out of this world into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus, who is the winner, is going to say, thank you, Paul, you're a winner too. Now, we've got to keep that in mind. It's not all about what happens in this world. Chris, it's not about you having a nice, happy life for the next 50, 60 years, whatever it is that you've got. It's not about you having a happy life. Uh, It's not just about you raising a family. It's not about you getting on well in the world. It's about you serving the Lord Jesus Christ so that in that day when you stand before him, he can say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And we've got to keep our eye on that goal. We've got to keep our eye on the fact that that's where we're going, that that's where we're going to be. We're going to stand before him. Now you can take and you can say, well, you know what, pastor, that's fine for you. I mean, you're a preacher and all the rest of it. And Chris is going to be a preacher and that's his life and so on. But I want an easy life. You know what? So do I. In my flesh, I want an easy life. And you know what? You can do. You can sacrifice the power that God has put in your hands, and you can squander the precious few years that you have here. Yeah. And you know what? If you are not somehow, some way in your life actively preaching the truth, that's exactly what you'll do. See, you can't win. If you don't preach the truth, you can't. You see, the gospel, the word of God, is the life, is the power that changes things. And if we keep it into ourselves, you can't win. It's impossible. And I realize it's hard. I realize it's tough. I realize we're not living in a very gospel friendly day. But you know what? We can win. Let me close with a story. Uh, George Mallory, <clears throat> in the 1920s, attempted three times to climb Mount Everest, right? 1924 was the final time he tried, and they're not quite sure that he ever made it to the top. They don't think he did, uh, <clears throat> because uh, Hillary got the, uh, the name for climbing <clears throat> Mount Everest first uh, in 1936. But, but, but George Mallory was found in 1999. His bleached bones, at least, were found clinging to the rock uh, as he tried to climb Mount Everest. He died there. Now, uh, the group that were his base camp came back to England and they held a great banquet banquet for them. And there was a huge picture of Mount Everest behind the banquet table. And it is said that the leader of the group stood to be applauded. And with tears streaming down his face, he turned and he looked at the picture. He said, I speak to you, Mount Everest, in the name of all brave men living and those yet unborn. He said, Mount Everest, you defeated us once. You defeated us twice. You defeated us three times. But Mount Everest, we shall someday defeat you because you can't get any bigger, but we can. And you know what? In 1936, two climbers, Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzig Norgay, reached the top of Mount Everest. They won. why Why did they win? Because, you know, he was right. They could keep on trying. They could keep on doing it. And eventually they would win. We will not win the world. The whole world's never going to get saved. But you know what? If we keep preaching the word, we will win. And history will, not maybe, not hopefully, history will record us as the victors because we travel in the line of the one who already won the victory and he will give us victory too. But you know what? If you stop climbing, You never reach the top of any mountains. And if you stop preaching the word, you can't win. Let's preach the word. Chris, preach the word. Till the day you close your eyes, preach the word. Preachers, preach the word. The word. People, preach the word. There's coming a day when the battle will be over. It's not now. We're still in the thick of it, but preach the word. It's the only way to have victory. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this night. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing and your hand upon your word. And we thank you for a word that is mighty and that is true, just as mighty and just as true in 2016 uh, as it ever was. Now, Lord, would you bless it to this people? Would you bless Stall? make him a great preacher of your word, Lord, and use his life mightily for your honor and your glory? Lord, we don't rest on him or on his abilities. We rest on you and your power. Lord, would you bless each one of the preachers that are gathered here tonight, Lord, and use their ministries mightily for your sake and for your glory? Again, Lord, we're not looking to them. We're looking to you. And, Lord, would you bless us as a people? Oh, Lord, we so desperately need blessing, we need encouraging, we need reinvigorating as far as the gospel is concerned. Make us a gospel-preaching people, Lord, and let us see victory, we pray. And Lord, we'll thank and glorify your name. For your name we pray, amen.